Buckle up. Thank you for listening to Musicians and Beyond, where we bring you the backstage info on the life, lyrics, and long journeys of the music industry. I'm John Sarabian, here with Mark Lahorn and a special guest co-host, Mike Valeris. Today, we have a wonderful woman uh, that's originally from New England, and she has now found a home in Nashville, Tennessee. A review that I read about her pretty much sums it up, and the review said, Everything JC touches turns to gold. Her ideas and creativity are surpassed only by her generosity and kindness. I think we hit the nail on the head there. JC Dawn, Valeris, welcome. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, it's, it, it's great that you took time out of your day. I know that you are here in New England from Nashville on vacation and visiting family. So thank you for coming, visiting us at Musicians and Beyond. No, yeah. it's an honor. It's an honor to be here. Anytime we can come back and do something like this in the place that we grew up in. I mean, come on, that's the best of all possible worlds. So We, we love that you're sharing your vacation here in Malden, Mass at UMA, the Urban Media Arts Center. And uh, we, we really appreciate you taking time out and coming here and helping out. This is always fun. It's always fun to, to get to talk, and uh, especially with hometown people. Excellent. And Mike, you did some work here years ago. We talked about before we went on air. Right down the street is Malden Catholic. I taught at Malden Catholic for about nine or ten years. Yeah. Shout and what, out to Malden Catholic and everybody's still there. I love you all. <laughs> Were you a music teacher there? Or? Yes. Yes. Excellent. Yep. Yep. Excellent. I taught uh, music appreciation. I taught a choir class from time to time, a guitar class. I handled all their music ministry you know, uh, music for the masses that they would, it was a great place. Excellent. It is a great, it is a great place. It is a great place. <laughs> Hi. So something just crossed my mind. We have JC Don Valaris and then we have Mike Valaris. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's not a, a, a common name. Do you guys know each other? She's a long lost sister of mine that I just. <laughs> <laughs> no, we are husband and wife. Husband and wife. That's yes. great. We that's are. great. And, it, you know, recently married with. Seven years. Seven years. Wow. We just yeah. celebrated seven yeah. years. 15 years together, seven years married. So. Wow. Congratulations. Go back a while. Well, Mike, while we're interviewing JC, uh, go easy on her. Because. Because uh, he know. knows all the true stories. Yes. <laughs> well, I'll try to keep the inside information to the appropriate level of inside information. <laughs> no, that's okay. We're, we're an open book here. <laughs> JC, you do a lot of things. I don't even know where to start. Music City Mentor. I mean, that's, that's a pretty big title to wear. Uh, well, you know, I think, let me start by saying you made me blush a little bit with the quote that you read about me in the opening segment there. But the reason that that quote in particular is so important to me is because it came from Sharon Lewis and Bram. And Sharon Lewis and Bram were my very first concert in Boston, Massachusetts. My parents took me when I was five years old. And that was the beginning of my music career. When I saw them on stage, I knew instantly this is what I want to do with my life. And so flash forward 30-something years later, they became my clients, which is just an incredible full circle thing for me. So I just, I wanted to start off with that. That's kind of the beginning of my story. Do these guys know who Sharon Lewis and Bram are? I don't know. Because it's a generational thing. Skin I and Meringue? I, I, do you I, know? <laughs> I'm going to be honest. I do not. I only know through my research. Okay, well, if you have six or seven hours, I can give you the entire full story, but I'll sum it up here. Uh, Skin of Marink is their most famous song. Most children learn that song when they're little kids. They had a television show on Nickelodeon called The Elephant Show and then Skin of Marink TV. They are the most awarded best-selling children's entertainers in the world of all time. And that sums it up. I learned, I learned something, too. That's, Our generation came up on Captain Kangaroo and stuff, so it's kind of the yeah. In Miss Jean, of, right? Did you ever get? Did she ever mention your name? And in, in, never. 
Where is Mike? Good morning, Mike. Uh, yeah. No? Never. <laughs> okay, me neither. She never gave she the She probably job. did. Mike's a common name. I just didn't tune in that day. <laughs> <laughs> so, JC, you said that um, she's now a client of yours. So I think you're referring to your company, Platinum Circle Media. I am. You are. Okay. And you guys do a little bit of everything, websites and promotion. Can you just... Sure. Yeah, absolutely. I think it falls under the umbrella of digital marketing. So if it's digital, meaning online in front of your face on a computer, then we do that. I had moved to Nashville in 2009. And in 2012, I had been working with a lot of songwriters and other artists. And a lot of them had a common thread, which was that they didn't have the ability to take care of their own social media. They didn't know how to do their own graphic design. So I started helping friends. And that's how the entire concept for my company really began, because I was doing it just out of fun because I loved it. And overnight, I had an entire client list. So I thought maybe this could be a business. So I decided to launch my business and it's been going strong for 10 years. Yeah, it's booming. You've been featured in Forbes, Entertainment Tonight, Music Row, The Digital Journal. You've been on CMT in the Tennessee. Yeah, 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 I know. I've been really really lucky to be able to design a lot of album covers. You know, I can't take the credit for the artist's work because they got to do the job to be able to get their music into these incredible outlets. But, you know, my work has been featured in those those outlets and it's I, every single time it's so incredible for me to see that. You know, every time it's the most amazing feeling. Right, right. JC, go ahead. You, you do a real good job at it. Thank I you. Mean, I mean, I... Thank you. You had... Done some work for uh, Jeff and Eric. Oh, Quite Jeff a- Batson. Yeah. Yes, he's yeah. a really good friend of ours. Yeah. He actually, uh, kudos to Jeff because when Mike and I moved to Nashville, Jeff showed up. One of the first people to help us. To uh, help us unload our moving truck. <laughs> oh, wonderful. <laughs> he was good. there. <laughs> no, he worked. That was a hot day. That was like it a, was 100, a hot 100 day. degree day. Now, JC, you've, you've talked a little bit about your experiences working with other artists. Where did you get the background in digital media and where did you learn the chops? I actually taught myself. So I started off as a singer and uh, from the age of about, I don't know, eight years old, I started singing at local events around my town growing up. And I didn't have the means to hire somebody to do that for me. But I knew if I wanted to be competitive with the artists of my generation and in my field, I had to really learn that for myself. So into my teenage years, I started learning all about graphic design. I took extra art classes in high school to learn how to do more of that. And so I just kind of built my own career through digital marketing, my website, video content. And then I applied that to other artists when I got to Nashville. So it really was a self-taught thing. I didn't go to school for it, although I did get accepted to college to go to school for art. But I decided at the last minute that I wanted to pursue music. And it's interesting because it kind of came full circle and I ended up doing art. So, you know, art and music, I think they both go hand in hand. Very entrepreneurial. (laughs) Yeah. You know, I just, I love being able to create things, whether it be music or a graphic design piece or helping an artist come up with a concept of how to market an album. All of that just makes me really happy. So to get to do all of those things just is really special. Let's fast forward to a project you're working on right now. One of the projects you're working on right now. Your podcast with Candy O'Terry. Yes. So being from the Boston area, you must've heard her over the years on the radio? I did, and that's how we we connected. I sent Candy an email about, I would say three and a half to four years ago. I told her that I had grown up listening to her on Magic 106.7, as everyone my age did. 
And she was the president of a company called uh, Boston Women in Media. And I asked her if I could be a part of that group, even though I lived in Nashville. And so she said, of course, you know, you're welcome to come and join. And that's how I initially met Candy. And she interviewed me for her podcast called The Story Behind Her Success. So, you know, Candy has always been such a champion for women in any, any line of business. But I thought it might be special for her to come down to Nashville and get to interview some country artists. So Candy came down to Nashville and we set her up with four different interviews. By the time we were done with those interviews, the two of us looked at each other and said, this could be its own podcast. So we continued and we just wrapped our second season. We already have half of our third season recorded. And um, it's just kind of a dream come true to be able to work with somebody like Candy, who's, you know, I've learned so much about the podcasting world and even about how to use my voice on a microphone. You know, we were talking before we got started today about learning about this thing. And it's a whole, it's a whole industry in itself, the podcasting world. And she has just been the most incredible mentor. She has taught me so much. And together we get to go into the homes of some of the biggest country artists in the world. So what could be better than that? Right out of the gate. Your first, tell them who your very first episode was right out of the gate. Yeah, out of the gate. <laughs> Naomi Judd was our very first, wow. our very, very first guest. And, you know, I mean, she just recently passed away. She was probably my biggest idol in country music. She's the reason I got into country music, wanted to move to Nashville and getting to know her was an incredible gift in my life. And so having her being willing to be our first guest on the show, really, you know, it, it allowed us to debut at number 25 on the Apple Music Interviews podcast chart. And I will forever be grateful to her. And as far as I know, it's the last long form interview she ever gave. So we are well, really, really lucky. Blessed. Yeah, blessed, blessed and yeah. lucky to have had that time with her. So for those listening at home, the podcast we're referencing is Country Music Success Stories. If you haven't listened to it, get online and listen. It's one of my favorites. I'll tell you right now, I think I've listened to every episode. I love it. And it's instructive for us. I've learned so much from you just by listening. And I have to tell you, it is your guests are amazing. Um, I'd have to say my favorite was uh, H. Jack Williams. Yeah, H. Jack Williams. You know, I I always tell people that I feel like I identify with H. Jack more than any of the other guests that we've had on the show because of the way he decided to go about his career. You know, he he used his relationships to build his own career. And I just think relationships are so important. It's the reason we were able to do this podcast, because through the course of my career, I've been able to create relationships with some of the clients I've had, some friends I've met. And because of that, they've all been kind enough to come on and share their stories. And I think one of the cool things about our podcast is that we interview an artist who has had the ultimate amount of success in their field. And then we kind of give the listener, if they're a young and aspiring artist, kind of a how-to on you know, this is how you can do this. And we take a lesson from every episode. And earlier you mentioned the Music City Mentor thing. When I first moved to Nashville and really before I even got to Nashville, one of the things I always wished I had was a really good mentor. I never had somebody to kind of show me the ropes in the music industry and somebody who knew more about the music industry than I did. I grew up in Chelmsford, Massachusetts. I mean, come on, there wasn't anybody there that could tell me how to make it in Nashville. But I always promised myself that if I was ever in a position to help another artist, that I would absolutely do that. So I developed a platform called Music City Mentor, and we bridged that with the Country Music Success Stories podcast. So there is always a segment within the podcast that allows us to mentor somebody who may want to have a career in music one day. Back to Naomi Judd. It's interesting that so many facets of your life go back to her. Your podcast, your very first interview, one of your mentors, 
And when you married this gentleman to my right, you walked down the aisle to one of her songs. I did. Where did you find that piece of information? I have done my research. <laughs> Apparently. Oh, that's a, that's a Batson thing. You've been talking to Jeff Batson. No, no. I found that online. I did some. Because he sang it. Jeff Batson. We were just talking oh, he about did, it. He did sing it? Yeah. Come he on. He did. We invited yeah. Jeff up. Oh, I didn't know that. We did. We invited him up and he played guitar and sang Love Can Build a Bridge. And we walked down the aisle to that song. Wow. Yeah. yeah I did not know that part. So, Fun facts. Yeah. <laughs> Fun facts of the Valaris family. I love it. Yeah, and I also just, to your point about Naomi, I just want to say, you know, I don't know that there's a lot of people out there that can share a personal story about her, but I had the opportunity to have lunch with her one day. And she was the kindest, most generous, warm person I have ever had the chance to sit across the table from. And she wrote me this really sweet little note that I, I have on my desk, and I'll, I'll get to look at that for the rest of my life. But she, she went out of her way to really listen to what my hopes and dreams were for myself and really encourage me and give me positive feedback. And it's just incredible when somebody of her level of success can turn around and be that kind and generous. And so, you know, she will be missed for sure. Right. It's nice when someone has something to offer and they can, uh, you know, give back. Absolutely. To the, to the community. That's everything. I, I, I listened last night to your podcast with Naomi, and it was really eye-opening. I never knew that the poor woman had gone through so much tragedy in her tough, life, and she was, she was very open about it, and it's amazing. You know, mental health is a real thing. Absolutely. You know, and some people hide it, and it doesn't get better, mm-hmm. and she was very inspirational to people by coming out and letting them know that, She's seeking help and, and trying, and unfortunately, you know, um, it got the best of her. It did. You've got to commend her for transparency, you know. She helped a lot of people because, Absolutely. Of, because of that. Yeah. Yeah, it's, a, it's an important lesson. We talked to Eric Haynes on uh, our very first episode, and Eric talked about a song that he and Jeff wrote with me here for you, and it's a song about those struggling with mental illness and, sure. and how friends need to make that call and need to look out for each other. And mm-hmm. uh, that one touched home for a lot of people. And, and, and he was very transparent about everyone. Nowadays, things. more than ever, you know, we all got to be there for each other. These are rough times, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So look out for your brother and your sisters. JC, you have performed as a singer, songwriter everywhere and with some huge names. Uh, I want to hear some experience in the past. You've performed at the Madison Square Garden. You've been at the the Bluebird Cafe probably multiple times. Only one time. Only once. Yeah, that's all I needed. I checked it. Oh, you two times. You've done the Bluebird twice. John Sarabian has been on stage twice. Good for you. Congratulations. (laughs) No, that's awesome. No, don't cut that out. Uh, And you have also been at the Texas Troubadour. So you've been some big names. Let's rewind a little bit. I think 12 years old, you sang for Bill Clinton. I was 16. Okay, 16 yes. years old, you sang for Bill Clinton. I Yes, I was 16 years old, and I was singing with a group called Angels Among Us. There were four of us. We were a Christian pop group, originally started in church, and we started getting on a political circuit. We did a lot of events uh, on both sides. We did the State of the State Address for Mitt Romney when he was uh, governor. We did a ton of events for Ted Kennedy and John Kerry. So we were spreading ourselves along the entire political platform. And then when President President Bill Clinton came to Lowell, we were asked to sing the national anthem for him. Absolutely the coolest experience ever. I can't even believe, I feel like that was someone else's life, you know? It was very cool, and it gave me a resume builder very early in my career, and I will forever be grateful for that because, you know, I was able to build a lot on that, so... 
you know, interesting that you came from a girl band, four girls. We don't hear enough about that. You know, you hear boy band, boy band, boy band all the time. And now working with Candy O'Terry, who had that emphasis on women in music, there's some synergy there. And, and I think this industry needs to pay more attention and, and not just Nashville, across all genres. It's true. I think the industry has a way of kind of pitting girls against each other for fun and for drama and for entertainment. And really, in my experience, when, when women can come together, I was just talking about Naomi sharing her advice for me. She didn't have to do that. You know, women who are able to come together and work together, I think you can create some powerful things. And um, I'm all for women supporting women, for sure. You have shared the stage with some big names in the industry. And they probably say the same, that they got to share the stage with you. Because <laughs> I have seen you perform in a packed house, and it's amazing. Your talents are, are huge. You have shared the stage with uh, Leanne Rimes, Reba McIntyre, Winona Judd, Willie Nelson, an icon, Vince Gill, Amy Grant, Martina McBride, Darius Rucker, just to name a few. <laughs> What is that like being out there with the with the big dogs? Well, it depends on the artist. A lot of times you never even get to see the other artists. You never it's like you're not even in the same venue as them. And then other times you're lucky enough to be able to to have an experience with them. When I sang with Winona, it was on stage. She invited me up. I sang a song right there on stage with her and her band. Uh, when I opened for Leanne Rhymes, she actually stood on the side of the stage and watched our entire set. Wow. Her and her entire team were so kind to us. Um, I don't think we even saw Darius. Did no, we even we see him in person? We didn't. No, <laughs> I, I didn't even get to meet him. So it's <laughs> yeah. so interesting. And that was actually in, at the Loma Memorial Auditorium. So it was almost a hometown Your show home, for yeah. me. Yeah. So it just depends on the artist and what their situation is. Some of them are flying in and jumping on stage and jumping off stage. So And that's not because they're antisocial or anything. No. It's it's just a, busy. What's, their, what's their day like yeah. at that point? You know? Yep. We want to preface that. <laughs> you, you, you make an interesting point, and it's one of the reasons I love Zach Brown being so much. When you watch his show, and he's been to Fenway, we've seen him out there. He brings everyone that's been a part of the show on stage with them at the end, and they all perform together. That's cool. And I think to give someone that platform, you know, you're here, and whoever's working down here is just trying to find their way up, and to give them that atmosphere is incredible. It's, it's yeah, it just, you know, there's all different levels of artists, and it's interesting from my experience, the ones that are the biggest are the kindest. And I think it's because they've achieved a certain level of success based on who they are as a person. And usually those are the ones who will turn around and help the next one in line. It's the ones that are constantly struggling to get that next hit, to get that next level uh, that are a little bit more protective and, you know, nothing against them. They're just not as willing to reach out their hand and bring somebody else along for the ride. We've talked a lot about the podcast and John just talked about who you've shared the stage with. We haven't talked about your music career. And what was the transformation? Why did you leave singing and performing and go into the, the business? Well, let me start by saying what I'm doing now, I love more than anything I've ever done. Wow. So that's the simple answer. That says a lot. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the, the long story is that I was singing constantly in my career. I mean, I started, like I said, at a very young age, singing professionally. I was making money by the time I was 12. It consumed my life. So I almost feel like I had that career and then I transitioned into a new one. I did have a lot of vocal issues from over singing, from singing improperly, from not being trained correctly, singing at outdoor venues for four hours. So I ran into a lot of issues with my vocal cords. And that was one reason why I decided, you know, maybe I need to step back from this a little bit. 
I continued writing songs. I still write songs. You mentioned H. Jack Williams. I have a co-write with him next week. So, you know, I still continue to do that because I love that creative outlet. But I think transitioning was always a natural thing for me because even when I look back on my singing days, the thing I loved the most was always the preparation for the show or the event that I was performing at. I loved creating the poster for it. I loved creating the marketing campaign behind the event even more than I loved stepping out on stage and doing it. So it's pretty fitting that I would end up doing that, you know, not only for myself in ways, but also for so many other artists. You talk about songwriting. You have recently written with the legend T.G. Shepard on his album, a song called Sober. Yeah, I actually didn't write it with T.G. I wrote it with T.G.'s wife and another co-writer friend of mine, Brianne Young. We wrote a song called Sober. And it's funny because that song had been an idea that I had in my phone for about six years before I went into this co-write. And, you know, when you're in a co-writing session in Nashville, there's usually multiple people in the room and you all toss around ideas and hopefully one of them will stick and you come out with something really great. And I remember walking in there and, and looking through my phone and saying, well, maybe I'll throw this out. And I did. And we came up with this song. And yeah, it was recorded by TG, which first of all, TG Shepard has had 21 number one songs in country music. He's had an unbelievable career. He worked with Elvis Presley. He's done so many amazing things. And to have the honor of hearing his voice on something that I've written was just unbelievable. So he, he put it on his very last album, which I also designed the cover for. Wow. So I got to have my, my music career and my art career all, all in one when it came to him. All for the price of one ticket. I Absolutely. love that. And what was the inspiration for that song? Uh, the inspiration was just simply an idea that I had where you can become sober from a bad relationship if you work really hard at it. And so um, I think, are we able to play the song? Did I we send? Are. Okay, we awesome. Are play it. We're <laughs> okay, play it right I think now. you'll hear that when you when you listen to the hook of the song. You were my drug. You were my bourbon. A lethal dose. A bad. When I was high on you You stole my soul, you broke my spirit People tried to warn me but I wouldn't hear it When I was high on you After you burned me And I know what I know now You don't concern Turn me now 
That was J.C. Dawn Valaris, one of her songs that she co-wrote that was played by T.G. Shepard, and it is was called Sober, and that was a great song. Thank you for that song. Thanks for playing it. I'll make sure T.G. gives me a little cut of that publishing. <laughs> and, and us. <laughs> what was it like interviewing uh, Jim Messina? That was super cool. The whole time I was sitting there, we were in his home. And I was thinking my dad would think this was the coolest thing in the entire world, you know, because I mean, Jim Messina, Loggins and Messina had so many incredible hits. And um, his home was very much like, it, it was a farmhouse, but it also had a log cabin feel on the inside. So the setting was perfect for an interview with him and the stories he shared with us. I can't even begin to tell you what kind of history this man has lived in the music industry. Yeah. So just getting to witness those stories being told to me firsthand, and that's one of the cool things about our podcast, because we're interviewing people who have lived country music history. They've made it happen. And to get to sit there and listen to their stories one-on-one is just the coolest. I have one story that I want to share with you, because I was just thinking about it. We got to interview John Schneider, who, as you know, was on the Dukes of Hazzard. It's a great story. And (laughs) we went to his apartment, in Nashville, which is in a very, very cool little area. And so we interviewed him. And at the end of the interview, I said, John, I need to have a conversation with you. I said, when can I, I, can I preface this first? Yes, please. <laughs> so when I was 10 years old, you know, we all, who wasn't a fan of Dukes of Hazard, right? Well, Everybody was. I wrote one fan letter in my entire life. It was to John Schneider when I was 10 years old. <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't hear him back. I found a little fan magazine address, you know, probably went to his people. And so I told her before she went to interview him, I said, can you just tell them they never wrote me back when I was 10 years old? <laughs> All right, go ahead. No, so I said, John, I need to have a conversation with you. I need you to help me write this wrong with my husband. I said, he wrote you this letter, he poured his heart and soul into it, and you never responded. And I said, I need you to respond to my husband. So John jumped onto my camera and uh, on my phone, and he sent a very nice personal video to my husband apologizing for not 
responding to his letter and asking him to go out for a drink with him. So we're wow. still we're still waiting to call in that drink favor. But that, that's yeah, very absolutely. cool. So very I mean, cool. some of the people we interview are just so cool and down to earth like it. that. You and can we play it? Yeah, on yeah let's okay. play it. Let's play it on let's the air. Mike, the things your wife is doing for you. Hey, Mike. It's John Schneider. Um, I'm sorry I didn't ret- I read your letter, but you didn't put a stamp on it. You know, I didn't have a return. You did. It should, I, I, no, I apologize for not not answering your letter way back when. But I'm delighted that that angst you felt brought you into the wonderful world of guitar music. So congratulations on your career. Congratulations on your marriage. You have a beautiful wife here, and uh, you know we live here quite a bit. So we'll have to get together and have a uh, have a beer sometime. And if you drink, and if you don't drink, then I'll have two beers, and you can just sit there. <laughs> right, you take care. Bye. I haven't, a, I haven't taken him up on the beer yet. That, that's that's awesome. awesome. Jesus, Mike, you really hold a grudge, <laughs> don't you? 35 years later, and you're still pissed at the he guy. Was, he was my favorite Duke boy, man. Yeah. I, I would say he made up for it. Yeah. He yeah. made up for it. 100%. <laughs> hey, it's not about me. It's not about me. Wow. That, that's great. Mike, what can you bring out of JC? Let's. Oh, man. Um... I mean, she's sick of these questions all the time. But, I mean, the number one thing that she always gets asked and, and, and the thing we both always get, get asked is, like, how do I get into this thing? You know, it's just like, and that's the, that's like, we wake up every day wondering how we're going to feel these questions of advice, you know. Like, think about it. Everybody wants to do this thing right. at some level. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean? Oh, my gosh. I get, so I can't it, even tell you how many emails both Mike and I get weekly from aspiring artists i get them on social media i get them directly to my email i get them through my website she's gonna and hate me for bringing this no, up no, because no, that's the biggest that's all. the biggest question you get is just like well everyone what, says to me do I do? how yeah. do i make it in nashville you know there's and and the answer i always say the secret is there is no secret right. <laughs> you just have to find a way to remain consistent come to nashville move there if you can or if not go there as often as possible network as much as possible be a good person and know who you are as an artist and uh you know again we we talked about the music city mentor thing i was getting so many emails that i became overwhelmed because i i try to answer everybody you know because again i was the one sending those emails not that long ago and so i developed a youtube platform called music city mentor where i create videos to help educate young artists because it's so important to understand how the music industry works if you want to be a part of it. I always liken it to you're not going to go open a restaurant if you know nothing about the restaurant business. You got to know what items are on your food menu. Who do you have for staff? What is your line cook doing? What do they bring to the table? What does the sign on the front of your building look like? It's the same thing being an artist. Who's representing you? What does your brand look like? What songs are in your catalog? And uh, so anyway, I developed this YouTube platform and it just surpassed 350,000 views on my channel. Um, So it's saying to me that there is a huge need for educating these young artists. And I think Mike and I are both, we're really passionate about being able to do that. Mike with his teaching and, and me with this platform. Whenever anybody has a question, we try our best to answer it. Yeah, that that's great because you don't want, you know, you don't want someone reaching out to you and you not getting back to them. And 35 years later, they're still mad. Yeah. Like, exactly. like Mike was, but it, it's really you know, good that you, <laughs> it, no, it's, it's really good that you take the time out of your day to inspire the young up and coming musicians. I think that all you can do really is inspire, <clears throat> educate, and just 
give anecdotes about your experience because like she said, there is no answer and everybody's a hundred people have a hundred different stories as far as how they found their way. Right. Not only in the music industry, but coupled with the fact that Nashville doesn't work like anywhere else. Nashville is a completely different animal. It's like another planet. Yeah. I mean, you could have a set of skills in the Northeast that you try to apply in Nashville and it's not going to go for you the way you think it's going to. It's not a come into town and pound the pavement and just be aggressive sort of place. Right. They'll reject you. Totally <laughs> different vibe. Up here. Right. You know what yeah. I mean? It's like you, you have to just hang out and like she said, be a good person, have a good skill set, you know, and just do the best you can and just let that town figure out what it wants from you. There's yeah. a huge you know, element cool. of being yeah. in the right place at the right time. She, I mean, yep. any of the things that we've talked about in my career so far today, if you asked me how any one of those things happened, it was a chain of about 50 different events mm -hmm. that aligned perfectly that made that one thing happen. Yep. You know, I mean, the Naomi Judd thing, a friend of mine, T.G. Shepard's wife. Kelly Lang, she knew how much I loved Naomi. She ran into Naomi at a party. She had known her from previously working with her, told her about me, said, I have a really good friend who is a huge fan of yours. Naomi said, well, let me take her to lunch. That's how I met Naomi Judd. So, I mean, everything happens in the most mysterious way. But I think the coolest thing about Nashville is that that can happen. And that's why people move there. Because every day you wake up and there is possibility and there's hope and there's potential for something really cool to happen to you. There's always potential. There is an element of serendipity in it, but you have to set up camp. You have to set up camp and, and be patient. I think it's easier to say what the biggest mistakes are rather than what to do. You know, the lack, lack of patience. I, you, I see it all the time. People come in, think it's going to happen in six months. Realistically, it's going to happen in six to 10 years. You need that time to set up shop and send your feelers out and set up your network of people that will in turn set up those serendipitous moments that she just talked about. You know, That's it's great. not everybody can do that. JC, how do people find this YouTube channel that you're talking about and then information on you? What are your websites and Instagram handles? Sure, absolutely. So the YouTube channel is just youtube.com slash musiccitymentor. I also have a website called themusiccitymentor.com, which is full of resources for younger artists who are aspiring, wanting to go to Nashville. Uh, all of my social media handles are at JC Don Valeris, and it's J-A-C-Y for people who think it's J-C. <laughs> uh, my website is jcdonvalaris.com. The podcast is countrymusicsuccessstories.com, and my business is Platinum Circle Media. Fantastic. All the things. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, on behalf of Musicians and Beyond, we're going to leave all our listeners with another song that you co-wrote that was uh, recorded by Carolyn Gray, entitled red light kiss and it's sure. a pretty fun song to listen to but we want to thank you for taking time out of your day uh mark lawhorn john sarabian mike valaris we want to thank jc don valaris for coming in and uh we want to thank you for being our friend thank yeah. you so much for having me and thank you guys for what you're doing in this area bringing these stories and all of this kind of inspiration to musicians and and beyond <laughs> it's great what you're doing well, thank you. And I have to tell you, this is going to change the way I listen to your podcast in the future. Now having you here and seeing your face and hearing your voice in studio with us, it's definitely going to change the way I listen to country Aww. music success. Well, stories. anytime so you want to hear the stories behind the story, just let me know and I'll fill you in on all the details. <laughs> cool. Thanks again. And thanks again for being our friend. And here is Red Light Kiss.
Let me show you what you're missing, missing. Oh, oh, oh. 